Well, it's one of my favorite Disney movies, um, personally, and for many reasons. Um, Okay, I'm going to call you out. If I hear you talking, I just want to let you know right now, I'm going to call you by name. Just saying. (laughs) I'm down to business today. (laughs) So you get, buckle up, guys. Um, So I, it is, Moana is one of my favorite movies for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons why is because I think there's a lot of themes that you can pull through through it. Um, When you watch the movie, there's a lot of, I think, good, I guess, themes and good ideas that come as a result of it. And when I first watched it, I remember I was sitting in Julie and Tim's basement. I was house-sitting for them, and I was just crying when I watched it. (laughs) Because I just, the, the Lord was just really speaking me speaking to me through that movie. And I'm just sitting there in their basement like, man, what is wrong with me? Why am I, why am I getting so hit up? But I remember when I watched it, I was going through a really tough season and the Lord just used it to really minister to me by some of the things that happened in that movie. And so before I want, um, I have the first clip I want to do and I'm going to set it up really quick. But I want you guys to think as I talk tonight I want you guys to just think about this question. If you were to define who you are, what would you say? I'm going to repeat that again. If you were to define who you are, what would you say? Like, would you say, I'm Katie. I'm, I am a wanna. Yeah. (laughs) I am, you know, I'm a daughter. I'm a son. I'm. I'm a student, you know, think about that question. If, if I were to ask you, who are you, what would you say? And um, Moana, just to set up this clip before we get there, Moana at a very young age, she had the water come to her and they were trying to, and she, they were trying, I'm getting really distracted guys, so you guys gotta, shh, sorry, I get very distracted <laughs> easily up here. So anyway, there's a lot going on tonight. Just, just, we're going to be fine. So, um, at a very young age, Moana has the water come to her, and basically she's a baby, and so she doesn't really understand quite what's going on and why the water came to her in the first place. And basically, when we come to this first clip, she remembers it. So, Luke, if you would pull that first clip up. Um, Yeah, so at that scene, if you paid attention there, the grandma said, I was there that day. And so when I just said that the water had chose her, you know, spoiler alert, you're just going to get the full story today, and I'm sorry about that. But (laughs) the water chose her, and she said she was there that day. Um, So basically, Moana had thought it was a dream. And she says, I thought it was a dream. And in that scene, she discovers that she has a purpose beyond what she knows and that there was a reason for that voice that's inside her. And whenever we hear them say the voice that's inside her or the voice inside me, I want you guys to think of Holy Spirit because that's just kind of what I think about when I think of voice inside her. Um, So before we even got to that scene, you know, the water had chosen her, but in between, Moana was kind of in this place where her parents were telling her who she was meant to be her whole life. Her people were telling her who she was supposed to be, 
And she herself was even saying words to herself, like, this is who I am, this is who I am, basically. And, um, but she knew, I think, all along, deep down, that there was something different. Like, there was something different about her. She knew that there was the water calling to her, this voice inside of her that she couldn't ignore, but she didn't really understand it. And so she, she was just, I think, having this inner turmoil in her childhood because she knew that there was something different about her, and she knew that she had, like, this calling, but she didn't quite understand what it was until we get to that scene where her eyes were just opened, like, whoa. And, and when, I, when I think about that, I think about how many voices there are in our day and age in our culture trying to tell us who we are, how to think, what to do, who to be. And especially in your guys' age, there's so many influences in social media. There's influences by your parents. There's influence by friends. There's influence by so many different things surrounding you that I think sometimes it can be hard to really truly know what voice to believe and what voice to trust and what voice to be like, okay, that's what I know is truth. And when Mamana has that revelation and that realization, she's like, her whole eyes were open, like, wow, there's, like, so much inside me, and there's so much to do, even if she didn't believe it right away. And, you know, I want, I want you guys to know that none of those things are meant to define you. None of them are. None of them. Social media is not meant to be who you are. Your friends do not define you. Your parents, believe it or not, honor your parents, but they do not define you. They don't define you. Well, that's a whole other sermon in and of itself. They don't define you. The Bible doesn't say they said, the Bible says to honor your mother and father, but the Bible never says that they define you. <laughs> and so, um, like, I, I, love, I love the fact that she has that because I think, I think it's so relatable. And I want to share a story of my own life growing up. Um, when I was your guys' age, I was super, super insecure, like to the point where I really would do anything to fit in with anybody. So Luke, you're going to laugh at this story because you you think it's funny, but um, (laughs) so case in point, when I was a freshman in high school, we were all doing the um, emo thing, you know, like where you're, you know, cover your eyes, you know, dark clothing. Yeah, apparently never hit Caitlin, but it hit me. It, and like, you know, wanting to be cool in that way and fit in. And, you know, I was, it was not my thing. It was not my jam, you guys. I was, I was not, I was not that way. But all my friends were doing it. And so I was thinking, well, that's what they're doing. So I should probably just do it, right? And I wanted to be liked. I wanted them to include me. I wanted them to, even though I had really great friends my freshman year of high school, that wasn't who I was. And I kept searching and searching and searching, and I wanted to be a part of what they were doing and who they were, so I would dress the part, I would look the part, I'd listen to music. I hated, I absolutely hated music that they were listening to. And I, and I just, it was like this cool thing to do, but I, it all kind of stemmed from this place of not really knowing who I was. Like, I was just kind of searching for who I was, and I really didn't know 
who I was in, in Christ. And I, it made me super insecure and have crippling insecurity to the point where I just did not, I didn't love myself. I didn't love myself at all. Um, and there's this quote that Joyce Meyer says. Yeah, Joyce Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce Meyer with the wind. She said, I am convinced that about 85% of our problems stem from the way we feel about ourselves. I'm going to say that again. I am convinced that about 85% of our problems stem from the way that we feel about ourselves. So my question to you guys is what would happen if we truly knew what the Lord thinks of us and how he sees us? Everything would change. And so I want to read some scripture. Um, We've talked about him before, if you remember him. Um, One of my favorite passages of scripture is the story of Gideon and and, um, Judges. So if you want to pull that up, Luke, Judges 6, verses 11 through 16. So it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And where are all of the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites, for I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. And so I read that scripture, and just to kind of give you a little bit of the backstory, the Israelites were really being oppressed by this people group called the Midianites. And Gideon was literally hiding, like hiding away because of the crazy darkness that was surrounding him, basically. There was evil, there was murder, there was all sorts of things going on, and they were under oppression, and Gideon's hiding away, and God calls to him, and he says, and he calls him mighty man of valor. And as we read, there was that dialogue like, Lord, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Why? You know, back and forth. And I, I love that story, and I picked that story because Gideon in this story really doubted who he was, kind of like Moana did. He even tried to get out of it by making sure that the Lord was who he said he was, and he had the Lord do these tests to prove his, himself, you know, like, um, and go through that. And he wanted to be certain that God was the one that was calling out to him. He wanted to be certain that God was saying the truth to him. And God even slimmed down in this story, you know, after Gideon says yes, after Gideon says, okay, this is God calling to me, and I believe you, Lord, then the Lord challenges him even further, and he shaves down his army to 300 men against, and some of the um, translations in some places say, theologians say it was, it was literally army like the sand on the seashore. Like, they literally was so many against him, and the Lord said, no, I, you still have too many, Gideon. He started, I can't remember, 32,000, was it? Something like that. 
It was, it was a lot. He started with a lot of men, and then the Lord was like, no, you need less. And then, no, you need less. And so Gideon already, in fear and trembling, is like, Lord, this is beyond me, but yet God calls him mighty man of valor. And then he takes it a step further, and he says, yeah, but you're a mighty man of valor, and I'm going to only give you 300 men to conquer an army that is so huge, like the masses. And so picture yourself in Gideon's shoes trying, trying to keep your cool, like, oh, wow, Lord, Lord called me out of the deepest place of fear. He called me man of valor, who I don't even think I'm a man of valor because I'm hiding in a wine press. I'm of the weakest of clans, and he gives out all of these excuses, like, this is who I am, this is who I am, this is who I am. But God calls him something completely different. And what I want you to see in that story is so many times we can take up these things that we think define us. Like, you can take on even, even negative things. Like, some, some are positive, but a lot of them can be negative. And it really cripples cripples you in doing what God has asked you to do and has called you to do and who he's called you to be. And just like Gideon, imagine if he wouldn't have said yes to the Lord. I mean, he had this, it still amazes me that God chose Gideon because Gideon had all that doubt and he had all that fear, but yet God knew who he was on the inside. Like, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor, and that is who I call you to be. And he, he went for it. Even in his doubt, he went for it. And they annihilate the Midianites. They, they win and they conquer. Um, Judges 8.28 says, um, I don't have it on here. That is the story. This is just funny. That is the story of how the people of Israel defeated Midian, which never recovered. Like, look at those words. He, they defeated Midian, and Midian never recovered. Throughout the rest of Gideon's lifetime, about 40 years, there was peace in the land. So, the Lord calling him out by name, saying, Mighty man of valor, that was defining Gideon in that moment because Gideon didn't believe who he was. But the Lord called him out and called him by name. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And I think that there are so many things that can happen that can cause us to doubt who we are. But when we truly, truly get a revelation of how Jesus Christ sees us and what he did on the cross for us, it changes us in how we not just see ourselves, but it changes how we affect the world around us. It's not just for ourselves, it's for the world around us as well. And um, Moana, there's a similar kind of storyline that happens in Moana, and why I wanted to talk on it is because Moana had her times of doubting who she was actually often, you know, in, in the whole storyline. And so in this next clip, um, we're going to see this inner turmoil. So Luke, if you could pull up that next clip. What an epic scene, right? I'm Moana. I am Moana. Yeah, that deserves some applause for sure. I know, of course you did. Because why wouldn't you do the sing-along? So from that scene we see there's that inner turmoil, right? You see her in this place where she goes, why did, you ch- why did it choose me? Why? And she's having this struggle, like not understanding, doubting her completely, herself completely. And then 
grandma shows up, and then she encourages her along, and is like, why do you hesitate, you know? And I love, I love the lyrics of that song she sings, because what she says, if you guys didn't catch it, was the voice isn't out there at all. It's inside me. The voice isn't out there at all. It's inside me. And when I heard those words, I thought, I thought so much about the Holy Spirit. And I thought about our identity in Christ because, like I had said all along, there are so many things that try to define who you are. And it doesn't just happen when it's your age, you guys. It happens through your whole life. And it's something that you will have to learn and deal with at different stages of your life, you know, like whether it be with your job, in hobbies, in friendships, in kids, like if you can settle this question, if you were to define who you are, what would you say? But on top of that, who does God say that you are? Because when you know who God says you are, it is, it is a game changer. Like it, is, it changes your whole life. It changes your whole life when you understand the love of Christ, the power and the authority we have in Christ, what Jesus died to bring and give you, what freedom is in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, when you know who he says you are, it's almost like none, none of that stuff matters. None of that stuff matters. It's because Jesus, Jesus died to give us all of those things. And and when we get a revelation of who we are in Christ, it also influences the, the world around us, you guys. Like, it isn't just for ourselves. Like, Moana having that realization, it wasn't just for herself. Like, it was to deliver her people almost, in a way, because the darkness was coming and all of that. And, and if she didn't have that realization, they still wouldn't have the freedom, like they wouldn't have freedom, and the same with Gideon, like if he didn't have that revelation of God speaking to him saying, this is who you are, you are a mighty man of valor, they would have still been under the oppression and the attack of the Midianites if he didn't answer to that call, if he didn't listen to what God said to him, and my question, my question is, who does God say that we are? Who does God say that we are? Galatians 4, verse 6 through 7 says, And because we are his children, we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. God calls us his sons and daughters, his children, his heirs. Like, we're royalty. Heir pictures royalty. We are his children. That is ours in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For God bought you with a high price, so you must now honor God with your body. You are bought with a price. You are precious to God. You are gold. You are more than silver to him. You are bought at a high price. You're priceless. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal peace, priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
You are a chosen people. Look at those words. That's just amazing. You're chosen. You're royal priests. You're holy. You're God's possession. You are not in darkness. You are in light. You're not in darkness. You're in light. The things in the world can be dark, but you are light. You are God's chosen people. You are his. You're his. Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 2 says, Arise, Jerusalem, and let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. The glory of the Lord is on you. The glory of God is on you. Arise, shine. For the glory of God is on you, guys. It's amazing. It's amazing that we have God's glory. We, we, are, we have so much in Christ Jesus. Psalms 139, verse 16 to 18 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Like, the Lord is thinking of you. His thoughts are good. They're lovely. They're gracious. They're kind. They're beautiful. And he knew you even before you were born. Those are all such amazing, amazing truths. And, and I just want to encourage you guys tonight. What voice are you listening to? What voice are you listening to? Because it matters. It matters for your life, which voice you're going to choose to listen to. Because there are so many things that can rage around you. There's pressures all around you. Your worth is not found in another person. Your worth is not found in your friend group. Your worth is not found in how many likes you can get on social media. Your worth is not found in your parents. Your worth is not found in a hobby that you do. Your worth is in Jesus Christ because that's what he died to bring you. He, all of those scriptures that I just read are good news, and it's what the Lord thinks about you. And so I would encourage you guys to take time and to read some scripture because that will fill you up with what the thoughts that God thinks about you because they're good and they're lovely and to bring hope. But when you get a revelation of who you are, it's keep in mind it isn't just for you either. Like when you get a revelation of who you are in Christ, it's to influence the world around you in a good way. Like and, you know, in this last scene we're going to watch for Moana, that's basically what Moana does, is she restores the heart of Tefiti, which this was the actually the scene that made me weep like a baby <laughs> um, because of the words that she says to um, Tefiti. But it's, it's pretty powerful, this scene is, so we're going to watch that one now. So I'm sorry if you haven't seen the movie, you've seen the end, so, you know, sorry about that, but it was so, that scene is so incredibly powerful, you guys, um, because 
If Moana hadn't gotten that revelation or that realization of who she was, she wouldn't have been able to do that. What are you doing up there? What are you guys laughing at? Oh, my. Oh. No. We don't need to. We can vote on Moana for our movie night if we want to. <laughs> but we ain't, we ain't going to watch it tonight. So, um, but I just, I wanted to close with that scene because I thought it was so beautiful how at the end, because she knew who she was, she could basically say to this raging, fiery, angry monster, you know who you are, and basically changed the whole course of not just that destiny, but for her people. And it was very amazing. And so I guess all that to say is, going back to our question at the beginning, if I were to ask you who you are, what would you say? And what are the things you would say God says who you are? And so tonight in closing, I want to do something together. Um, I have some paper that I have, and you'll need a pen. And I want this to be a time where I don't want you to be distracted by your neighbor. I don't want you guys to talk to each other or wonder what the other person is writing down. This is, this is a moment that you can just have by yourself, and I really want you to think about this. Think about this. Does everybody have a sheet of paper? If you don't, raise your hand. Luke, there's some paper up there. Leaders, I, it'd be a good exercise for you to do too if you want. But So this is what I want you guys to write on this sheet of paper. And it might feel kind of hard to do, to be honest. But I wanted us to do this tonight because I did this when I was in Australia doing Youth with a Mission. We had a speaker that came here, came there to us. And she had us do this exercise, and it was one of the best exercises I've ever done. So what I want you to do on this sheet of paper, Ellie, if you could come up and play while they're doing this and sing. Um, I want you guys to write down the negative thoughts and maybe things that you believe about yourself. So like lies. Like for me, like I'm insecure. Like, that would be something that I would write down on my paper. Or, like, I, I'm anxious. Or, I'm emo. <laughs> you know, just a couple of examples. Like, things that you believe that are untrue about yourself that you have a hard time not believing, if that makes sense. Like, that actually affects the way that you view things. Like, it can be... Like, maybe something a parent said to you that you know is not true about yourself. But thoughts that are negative, and I'm going to say not beneficial, just write those down right now as Ellie plays and sings. But I'm going to pray right now, too. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for how you're going to speak. And I just pray, Lord, that as we're writing these thoughts down, that we wouldn't own them. Father, that they're just, they're just thoughts, they're things that we're writing down on a sheet of paper, God.
Heavy winds tonight.